What's up, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. Another week and another chance to undes your favorite pair and listen to another great episode. This week, we have the amazingly talented Russell Moreland, a.k.a. Lurk Loves You. Russ takes us on a ride as we jump around the timeline of his life. It was great to have him on this week and hope to have him on again down the road. I got to say thank you to everyone that has been sticking around with your boy and checking out all the people I've interviewed so far. We touch on this a little, but Russ and I met through the QDTR community. Something that friend of the pod, Open Mike Eagle, put together to put smiles on people's ears during the quarantine. It created a community and he even did an episode on Adult Swim, which was crazy. I was watching it. Were you watching it? So before we jump into the episode, I wanted to shout out everyone in the QDTR land from the court jester, Haas, but on to where you can find Russ. Check him out everywhere as at Lurk loves you. He has some amazing work on there. And also just check out his link tree at linktr.ee slash Lurk loves you. And you know where to find your boy at who is Haas on all the socials. Follow the pod at, at my first kicks. I started a TikTok. It's called my first kicks. Yeah, no pod at the end. And uh, make sure you hit us up on the email at my first kicks pod at gmail.com. You know, if you got some stories. If you got it, just say something. Say hello. Just hit me with a hello. I, I would greatly appreciate it. Let me know you guys are listening. You know, please try to leave a review, share this episode with all your friends on all your socials and, you know, let's get the word out there. Let's get let's try to get more ears onto this so that, you know, we can get more people on as well. Be a lot easier to do as well. And for anything extra, hit up the link tree. I think I just created it. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to have to check the bio. You're going to have to check uh, the the story notes. So I don't know. It's a luck of the draw on that point. <laughs> and now on to this week's episode with Russell Moreland. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> this is our second try to try to do this again. And now we're going to have a more successful, more than first time. Yeah, I've got the best Internet Canada office, apparently. <laughs> you paid top dollar just to be on this podcast. <laughs> true, it's true. Uh, no, thanks again for doing this. We met during uh, within the crazy community, which I mentioned in the last podcast. I think I mentioned it. I may have or may have not. But yeah, we met through QDTR, which is something that Open Mike Eagle put together during the, the rough times of the quarantine. Yeah, man, it's uh, that was great. I met so many people through that. Such a cool thing that he's doing with that. But yeah, that is definitely how we met. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I miss I miss more of them now because of just like I think it's Instagram doesn't want me to watch it anymore. It's my is my uh, is my uh, conclusion because I never get any um, notifications if he's live ever. Same. I never <laughs> see it. Instagram's it's done, dude. It's it's done. <laughs> Don't tell me that, man. I'm starting to put my podcast on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're just promoting it. You pod- was the podcast going like YouTube and stuff like that? No, or- I don't put it on YouTube, not yet. So I am, I'm, I am, um, just like I'm. So I'm slowly rolling it out, right? So I, my plan is, and nobody knows this besides you. You just got it out of me. So my plan is, I'm gonna release it audio wise, and then when I get uh, enough listeners, I'm gonna turn it into a video podcast and like 
Like right now, I'm still, you know, brand new with it. I've only have 13 episodes out at the time of this recording. Four, yeah, 13 episodes out. Um, and then that, like, as I slowly grow and get bigger, I'm trying to like implement some of my actual like graphic design skills into trying to get this to expand. So sure. as I'm like learning how to do more After Effects that I know and more Photoshop and more Premiere. Then I can like spread myself as thin as possible and be stressed out through every day as I try to put out a, an, an episode a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've been there. I tried to do a podcast myself a couple of years back. We did like a comedy podcast uh-huh. and uh, it went pretty good. But yeah, it was it was it was stressful. <laughs> yeah, this is stressful. I tell you, if anybody's listening that wants to help, I am taking all resumes. But just know you won't get any sneakers or nothing. You just have to do this for free. <laughs> you got to be upfront about that. Yeah, yeah. Start. But let's jump into um let's uh, let everybody know where about yourself and, you know, where you're from and everything. Yeah, my name's Russ Morland. Uh I'm from England originally. I paint under the moniker of Lurk or Lurk Loves You, which is kind of changing to Lurk Loves You these days because I think there's a few like graph writers that do Lurk and stuff like that and I don't want to step on any toes. Uh, I still sign my paintings Lurk, I guess, but it's kind of more branded towards Lurk loves you. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in England, moved to Canada when I was 24, and now I'm on the West Coast. Wow, man, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, your art is amazing. And Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and the thing... I think like the the thing that always pulls me into is that you are super original and it's like it's not it's not even um, like a a question of originality. It's like how do how you put yourself into each each piece that you do. And and I could see like you you don't just stop and be like, okay this is the basics and you're going to get this from it. You you could look at it er like every single time you take a look at something that you've done, you can find other little other nuances. And I love I love that about your art. Thanks, man. I mean, I've been at such a long time that it was one of my main things was always to be as original as possible with my art and create my own characters. Um, I did my first art show in like 1994. So I've been creating art for a long time. and It's just developed and developed and developed over time. I mean, that's amazing, man. But let's jump into the question. Let's jump into why you're here. What's your first kicks? What's that first pair you absolutely needed to have? Reebok pumps. Wow. Why, why the Reebok pumps? The first generation Reebok pumps. It would have been around about 19. I'm probably going to get this wrong and some sneakerheads going to laugh. Uh, I think I think it was like mid to like almost late 80s. Wow. Um, I just remember like the, the gimmick more than anything got me. Up until that point, like I mean, I was a kid from the 70s and early 80s. So I was really just wearing like kind of like cut rate chucks or something like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Um, Did you grow up then, in, uh, like during this time, were you in England or Canada? England. I, I, I'm only, I moved to Canada when I was 24. Oh, okay. So I'm on about like a little kid in the eighties. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, I remember seeing them and like Reebok was like the biggest push in England. Right. So yeah, I had to get those pumps. And from what I remember getting old, mm-hmm. I did get them. I was pretty stoked on mm-hmm. them. But also kind of like once you've pumped them up a couple of times, you're like, okay. You know what I mean? It's like cool. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my big thing back then. But I had my eye on a bunch of shoes back then, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just what you could get. Like we we would get shoes from like um kind of what the equivalent here would be like the Sears catalog kind of thing. Probably right? yeah, probably. I mean, Sears didn't really sell a lot of shoes. So I think, I don't know if you ever heard of East Bay. No. So East Bay was a specific, uh, like a shoe, like you can buy shoes off of this little pamphlet that you get. Like it's like a little, like oh. a little magazine and it's all just shoes. And like you can, you back then or back in the day, I hate saying back then because that's all I hear nowadays. But back in the days, like you, you open up the East Bay magazine, you can buy any uh, like Jordans and all that stuff, you just have to pay, right. and then it's, they'll, you just call a number or just send it right to you. Yeah, so this would be a little bit different. This was like more like a catalog, so it had like everything from like women's lingerie, where I first saw boobies, mm-hmm. to uh, toys, shoes. So it was just like a big catalog kind of thing, had a bit of everything in it, and it would come out like once a year kind of thing. 
And I remember seeing the shoes in there. And my mom, like, bless her, man, like she, we grew up pretty poor. She worked like three jobs pretty wow. much. My dad worked in a factory and just drank all day for the most part. Mm-hmm. So she hustled it, man. She had two boys and she still managed to hustle it, right? Shout out to Mom Dukes, Mom Lurk. Yeah, man. Really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Like, I think, well, I would like to definitely know how, how like, what was the trends, I guess, in England? Because I, I don't know many English people. I think I'm saying that right. And so, like, I know what the trends are now and I know how much, uh, how like, with the, yeah. with the accessibility of the Internet, I know more about, like, what people wear in England. But, like, what was it growing up? Um, I mean, like, I stood out like a sore thumb, um, to be honest, like, I'm probably not the best person to say, like, I was always an outsider kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was super, like, I was like the, the, the typical 80s kid in the sense that like I really loved, like, metal, and I really loved hip hop, because mm-hmm. it was like kind of coming out, right? I remember, like, one of the first, like, tracks I ever heard for, like, Break Into was White Lines, right? Mm-hmm. White so, lines. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just a kid, right? Yeah. But anyway, so like I think like I was always into a little bit more of the outsider fashion. And where I grew up, I grew up in a really like rough place, like really rough, man. Mm-hmm. Like most of the kids ended up in jail. Like one of the kids set the school on fire. Like Whoa. my brother punched out teachers and stuff like that. It was pretty like we grew up pretty like rough northern kids like mm-hmm. close to scotland kind of thing um not that i'm saying like a tough guy or anything that's not what i'm saying I'm just no saying that's like, you're painting yourself as everybody who listens to this podcast knows now that you're a tough guy no, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah so i like they, those kids that were in that area like they just followed whatever the pop trends were so mm-hmm. like at the time it would have been like as weird as it sounds like Rick Astley and Wham and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's who they wanted to dress like. And they were the tough kids. So I was like, that was always so weird to me. <laughs> I wanted to dress like Fast Times at Ridgemont High kind of thing. Or yeah, like varsity a jacket. Yeah, or like a denim vest with uh-huh. like patches on it. And like I had like a big Iron Maiden patch. And I was one of the only kids that skateboarded as well. Mm-hmm. Like I used to get like beaten for skateboarding and stuff like that. Wow. And chased down and like bullied. Dude, back then the teachers could beat us up. Like we went through corporal punishment through school. I was in a Christian school and the teachers could beat the shit out of you. It was so weird, man. They're actually in the school system in England right now. People my age and now and older are starting to sue like the school system. Oh, whoa, really? Oh, yeah, because it's caused like so much problems. Like, <laughs> so violent, man. You shouldn't be beating. Like kids need to be put in, put in line, man, but you shouldn't be beating the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I thought you were going to, you're about to say, kids need to be beaten, but not like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a dad. I wouldn't lay a hand on my <laughs> But uh yeah, so I mean like I always grew up like as an outsider kid. So like I mean, I think like back then the trends were like boat shoes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like classic, just what like I don't think it was really like where I grew up, it wasn't like Jordans and stuff like that. Yeah. Like some of the kids, like there would be the odd kid that like kind of wanted the sneakers, but they would use them just mainly for sports. They weren't just like or the playground and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I mean, a little bit it came in later on, I guess. Skate shoes, absolutely not. I mean, like, if I got, say, like a pair of like vision high tops mm-hmm. or something like that, I get laughed out of school, man. Oh, I'm going really? In, like, I'm going in with my, my hands up that day just in case, you know what I'm saying? Like, because <laughs> like something's going to go down, somebody's going to say something, right? I was but, very uh, interested in like, did skate shoes, because you were a skater, did skate shoes make it to, to England? So the 80s ones did. I mean, like, there was Vision mm-hmm. would have been the original ones. Airwalk was Airwalk was kind of there in the 80s. Um, most people would just wear cons, right? Right, yeah. Um, a lot of people would wear the basketball shoes as well, which is probably what got me onto the, the pumps, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if anybody knows anything about skateboarding, you, those pumps are going to last, like, two days after you ollied through them. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Skateboarding, right? Yeah. So, like, they did or you could have gotten little- some crazy air. You never know. Let me keep let me keep pumping while I'm ollieing right here. Maybe I should do a painting of that. That'll be dope. Oh, so I think like I think like they did make it there. Also, I think it depends where you were, because like I said, I was in the north, right? So I was like right next to Scotland. I felt like the culture 
really shifted the further away from the south you get, like from London. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in London, growing up in the eighties, they'd have had everything. Like the kids would have had, like I mean, there's obviously issues there as well, but like there'd have been more chance that the kids would have had Jordans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The first Nike shoe that I ever saw was Terminator. I'd imagine that's like most people's first ever time they saw a Nike shoe. I was like, that's dope, and I actually have bought that shoe since, but it's not the exact colorway. Ah. It's here. It's the uh, it's the Vandal Supreme. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's the satin one, but in Terminator, it's a silver, silver. Right. Suit. Yeah, I remember. On a gold one, right? That was the first time I saw a Nike, and I was like, "Whoa, I want that!" But you couldn't get them. There was no way I would have been able to find them. Yeah, I mean, it, the the difference, and why I'm so intrigued with this, it's like. Cause like everything here can compare to, to England is everything here was super accessible. Like everything you saw on yeah. TV, you were able to go to the mall. You're able to go somewhere and get them. But yeah, like, we didn't, we didn't even have a mall growing up. There was yeah. no mall near me. I think as I like, maybe like, as I got into my early teens, there was this mall that got built. It's actually still there now. I speak to my mom about it and she said it's still there. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's when you started to see more like different fashions. I mean, like, again, it was mainly that catalog, dude. Like that's where we see a lot of stuff, like even the t-shirts, anything that you wanted. Uh, you had to like, just take a chance. Uh, British Knights. That was the, that was a big mm-hmm. new company back then. Right. I'm not yeah. sure if that made it to here. Or not. No, it made it here. It made it here. British Knights and ponies were around the same time that oh, they started. Right. Yeah. Pony. They started getting really big together. Wasn't Pony out of like Detroit or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, I know it was a mid mid uh mid midwest, midwest, yeah. mid east, mid east. I think, I think so. it's mid east. Mid east shoe. Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't just start naming off places in the US cuz I'm not the great the greatest at that. Um <laughs> but yeah, British Knights was really really big. Yeah. I, I mean and then uh Cons uh Converse took that model and made their own uh the weapon looked exactly like a British Knight. Oh, okay. And so, okay. which is what uh, um, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson wore. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the models, like, British Knights try to make a comeback. I think five, five, or, I know it was in high school, so it's got to be like 10 years ago, right? So right. they try to, like, come out and just do, like, a little small release and try to see if people could get in or, like, try to sell them out and stuff like that. And, they didn't work because nobody knew, like, even in my high school, nobody knew what they were until, like, yeah. yeah. If you're really into basketball, you knew what they were because a lot right. of basketball players were, like, I think Dr. J wore them and stuff like that. Like, like elite basketball players were wearing them on the courts because, you know, they didn't have much to wear regardless on the courts, like, oh, in the like, 60s or 70s. And You're not going to wear chucks every day. Yeah, crazy. exactly. I mean, I have a pair of um, Tom de Gasson mm-hmm. uh, chucks that mm-hmm. I love. But I don't wear them very often because I walk around them and my fucking feet hurt. You yeah. Know? Like, how can you? And I know Nike owns it now. So it's like, I think they like put a lot more like. Yeah, they rework the sole on it. But it's still not comfortable, man. That's not a, that's not good for you, man. Walking <laughs> around. I can't imagine playing basketball in them. Yeah. And they were playing with like instantly. cardboard. It was like oh, a instantly. cardboard insole. Yeah. 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 Um, basketball's Canadian. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. No, I said instantly. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Basketball's Canadian. Right. Right? That's so funny that we got that connection there. But uh, yeah, like, I think going back to the shoes from England, though, like, I mean, like, yeah, I think, like, what happened is, like, I I was skateboarding right up to 1989, Mm -hmm. which, again, like, back then, it was like, there was some, there was some skaters in our town now, like, it was getting better for it, but, like, still so frowned upon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And when I say frowned upon, I mean, like, you, like, you're going to get into some trouble with some kids, you know, it was all about soccer back then, you know, right. like we couldn't like, you know, the basketball shoes thing was a weird thing because like, if you imagine when I was growing up right until the age of like maybe 11, we only had three TV channels to choose from mm-hmm. nothing else. So if you caught like what I would call American football or basketball, it was just like a highlight reel, but you would never see a full game or anything like mm. that. So you're not really getting that influence of that part of the fashion, right? Like, and you are, it's coming over, but not the way it would have been for the States. Obviously. Right. Um, yeah, because that didn't translate with soccer coming over here. 
No, and what are you what are you going to buy from soccer? You're not going to walk around in soccer shoes. Like, like, no, you know, yeah, stuff or, yeah, that or like the kids. I think the kids started making more headway as like like five years ago or something like that. That like people people started getting really invested in the uh, FIFA. And then it started right. like getting bigger and people wearing like the because I got two I got two Brazil kits and I was just like, yep, yeah, I got two. So I See, think and that's crazy. Like growing up where I grew up, because like I grew up through the era where the soccer hooliganism mm-hmm. was at such a high point that they were having to like whole task forces of the police were having to like take care of this. So I've been getting into fights wearing like a Manchester United jersey because mm-hmm. I wasn't from Manchester. So I was from an area that, like, you could choose two teams, Newcastle or Sunderland. Uh-huh. But even then, you wouldn't want to, like, I would literally not go to the city of Newcastle wearing a Sunderland jersey. You would get stabbed. For really? sure. That's oh, crazy. Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. Like, you were going to get... That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, that whole, like, in the 80s and the early 90s, that whole soccer hooliganism thing is, like, it's insane. It was, like, off the charts. Like, I don't... It's still bad now, mm-hmm. but it was really off the charts. And a lot of it was like ran by a lot of like fascist groups. Like there was a lot of like um, white power people behind the whole thing that was like very racist. And like it was sad. It was just really sad to see such a cool sport go to the dogs like that and just be like fucked, you know? Like, yeah, it's wild. I mean, just like because I grew up, because I'm half, I'm half Brazilian. So like I know a lot about. Foot football, you know, football. And so and so like uh, my mom put me on and all that stuff. But like in Brazil, it's not like that. Like everybody's like uh, like there was no like, oh, you like Botafogo. So you can't like, you know, this team or that team. But like, you know, my family is split down the middle between two teams. Like all the men love Vasco and all the women love uh, Flamengo, which are two Brazilian teams that are like pretty prominent. And then like, but it was never to the point where we would be like, oh, if I go outside in a Vasco jersey, somebody's going to jump me like body over it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so like when I learned about the hooliganism and all that like craziness and how like even even recently with the Arsenal TV and like how heavy those uh, guys go on that just on a YouTube show. Like and I was just like, yo, this is like the craziest thing. Like there is nothing in. Like, no, like, you can't even imagine, like, uh, an American equivalent to that because nobody goes that hard for any team. I mean, there's, I mean, maybe the Bull, maybe the the Buffalo Bills, because they throw, the, they, I don't know if you ever seen those videos where they just throw yeah, each other on tables. Let me just tell you, dude, it's not the same. I'm going <laughs> to fast forward in my life a little bit here. But uh-huh. Like, I moved to a city called York in England, and uh, I was working at a skate shop there. Mm-hmm. And this this is right before I moved to Canada. So York had a pretty prominent, I think it was a third division team. If they were playing their rival team, like because everybody has their rival, right? Yeah. So if they're playing their rival team and that team, like they lost against that team, and it was say like a Saturday, which most matches were on, the whole city would shut down. <laughs> They'd have to pull shutters down over windows uh-huh. and the bars would not be open that night. Now I'm on about, this is probably the second or third largest tourist city in England. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, nope, no point. Because if we stay open or we don't put our shutters down, everything's getting smashed. What? Oh, for a third level team? Yeah. Not even like on the main stage. Not even premier, dude. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Since you worked at a, a skate shop, what's the craziest thing you've seen? At, a, at like, has anybody, did anybody try to like, during a game or something like that try to like steal some shoes or something like that oh we get people stealing stuff all the time i mean like i think people have this like real feeling that like england's like this quaint place where the queen lives mm-hmm. but when you're in it it's really rough there man yeah. like, like in, in certain areas so yeah we get people stealing stuff all the time but nothing to do with the games just like professional little kids that would try to steal stuff right uh-huh yeah just just kid stuff right like but yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the craziest things I, I came across as far as skateboarding goes was I'm, I'm going to go back in time a little okay. bit. Okay. So, up to around about like 1990, 1991. Mm-hmm. So, at that time, um, I think it was 89, sorry, this guy called Natus Kaupas, mm-hmm. he had the first ever Etnies Pro Shoe. Right. This is the Etnies start. And Etnies used to be called something else. 
Um, but I can't remember the first original sort of French name was for it, but yeah, it was um, Etnies and it was started by a freestyle skateboarder. Mm-hmm. Two of them, Don Brown and Pierre or something. I can't remember his name right now. But uh, anyway, I didn't know about that shoe. I'd never seen it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'd kind of quit skateboarding at that point because I was just getting sick of the flack. I didn't have any other friends to skate with, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, 1993 comes along and I've been going to the ice rink just learning how to ice skate because we do have hockey there, but it's not, it's nowhere near the same level. Yeah. Kind of thing. So we'd kind of skate around, hit the puck around. I wasn't very good at it kind of thing. Anyway, in their pro shop, <laughs> they have ice skates, uh-huh. but up on this, up on the shelf, they had in the boxes, these Natus Kalpas shoes from Etnies. Mm-hmm. I was talking to the lady, she and her husband used to have a skate shop down the country and they just had, they just happened to have some old stock left over and they had those shoes there. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I've never heard of that, but I knew the pro skater's name. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I, if I bought all three pairs of those shoes, those shoes would be worth so much yeah. money now. <laughs> it's insane. Like, and just kept them in their boxes. If you could have time machines just to zip around the world, you'd be like, buy this, like Jordan 1s in the black, white, red. Mm-hmm. He, or the red and white, just keep them, just keep them in the, you know? Yeah, I mean, I wish I had a time machine. I had so many chances to buy stuff that now has gone up, you know, five times in price. Insane. (laughs) But that, I mean, that's a crazy find. You weren't able to buy any pairs? No, I mean, I wasn't a rich kid, right? I I wouldn't wouldn't have been able able to. I should have ganked them, though. Yeah. Hey, look at this. I mean, she probably was like, they probably sat on that stock and had to throw them away. Because if they're just hiding... Yeah, you're absolutely right. She probably threw them because that ice rink closed about three years later. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd go by there, they were still there, just gathering dust. Eventually, I think they were just part of the furniture. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're absolutely right. They could have just got bulldozed over when they knocked that place down. They didn't even know the gold that they had there. They didn't have any other skate stuff. It was just those shoes. Uh huh. So crazy, man. I mean, I, you should have probably went in there and been like, "Hey, I know those are sitting." You know, I'm a broke little kid. I love skating. Like you gotta be like playing it, play it up so much. I'm broke little kid. I don't have any money. And then please. the problem is, by the time by the time I would have done that, those shoes were so over because they had like big rubber things on the side. Right. Oh, that if I'd gone to the skate park wearing those, you think like you think the um, the jocks at school are bad. Other skaters are worse, man. <laughs> like if you're not wearing the coolest shit, like you know what I mean. Like where do you think most of my love for like fashion and clothing comes from it's it's just skateboarding man it's mm-hmm. like it's crazy like you had to be able to have all the coolest shit all the time right who were mom you know but uh yeah the interesting thing was like so later on in life like when i could finally start affording like my well my mom would buy me a pair of shoes i would try to skate in and try to make them last more than a few months uh my first pair of shoes was a pair of etnies they were mm-hmm. a pair of etnies skulls and uh and then much later on Fast forward to like 2014, I actually did a pair of shoes for Edney. Oh, whoa. So that's kind of interesting, right? How well, that Kind of. All... <laughs> that's amazing, man. But it's kind of interesting how they all came about. I'll, I'll yeah. show you them. But here. They were just based off of one of their runners. Mm-hmm. And it's got like Lurk on the oh, side. Oh, wow. That is sick. I'm going to have to show the everybody about, uh, show everybody on Instagram these. I'll po- definitely post up a picture. Those are amazing. Yeah, you can find them online. Just put like Lurk, Etnies. I can't remember what the, the model's called. Scout. Scout? Scout. Yeah, gotcha. so I doubt you can find any new anymore. Uh-huh. They were a limited run. Uh, I think maybe only 500 pairs or something. That's like the circle just came came around. So like, what did right? you... Yeah, exactly. What did you... I guess, how did you, how did you tell them about your your love of Etnies? Uh, well, so I was sponsored by Etnies. So, <laughs> uh-huh. that's what, so that's another like that's another part of that puzzle before this even happened. So with the Canadian distributor, I was sponsored by um, Etnies, Altamont, Nixon watches, and electric sunglasses. Mm-hmm. All for my artwork, not for my skateboard. And I wasn't a bad skateboarder. but I was going to say, did you go pro and didn't tell me? <laughs> uh, no, definitely not that level. <laughs> but I, I mean, I was, I was pretty good at skateboarding, but not like, the level that people are mm-hmm. pro but uh my artwork was always doing pretty good so this canadian sponsor like they, they um there was a couple of sponsors but they hooked me up so i was like getting any stuff for free anyway mm-hmm. 
which kind of worked out nice because I was still skating at the time and I just get free shoes. I mean, yeah. I didn't have to pay. For, I didn't pay for clothing for like 10 years. That's sick. It's insane. Dude. Yeah. Um, the weirdest thing is I actually quit everything because I got, I, it's, I've I tried to explain this before and I hope it doesn't come across like feeling entitled or I didn't appreciate them, but like, I just got sick of being clothed and dressed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. You I felt like, I, I get you. You felt like you were a charity case at that point. So more, more like, I just felt like more like, I just felt like I wanted to dress myself because mm. I have, I was so loyal that like, I wouldn't buy any other clothes from any other companies or any other shoes. Right. So yeah. if I'm in and you're hooking me up, I'm going to be super loyal to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just got sick of just like being like, Oh, I'm just like wearing the same stuff. And then this, that interestingly is where my love for sneakers started coming again, because once I quit those sponsors, well, mm-hmm. now I can just buy whatever I want. Exactly. Yeah. You're not strictly having to wear Etnies because you sign a, yeah. or signed an Etnies deal. Exactly. Right? right. So it's, so then I just, um, yeah, that's when I started like looking at the buying like Nikes and stuff again. I got mm-hmm. the Vandals. I started looking into like, I always, always really liked the Air Max one. That's still my favorite shoe to this day you know mm-hmm. never could afford them when i was a kid i couldn't find them so i started just buying all the different colors in them and then it's kind of got like out of hand you know what i mean like you know how it goes right oh i know how it goes i'll show you my closet later <laughs> 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 i mean I, and I also which, which i find funny because i was recently talking to somebody from england and they they were saying that uh now is it now or more recently air max ones have been like the go-to shoe over there yeah i think if you look on end like mm-hmm. that's a it's a pretty good app for out of england mm-hmm. i think that um yeah you'd probably be right i think the air max one in the 90s are pretty big there yeah i mean air max culture like after air max day when nike started making air max day a thing like yeah. it's it's it was it's it's interesting because over here air maxes they just they just flooded the market with all different types of air maxes over here and so, like, for for it to like have a specific, like, oh, you have the Yeezy, you have the Yeezy colorway Air Maxes yeah. on today. Not many people know about that one. <laughs> those I wanted. Those oh, I have a story actually. I got I so me my friend moved to my, one of my best friends moved to Portland out of the blue, right? So he moves out to Portland, and so he's he's easily around more Nike stores because Nike's yeah. out there. And so he tells me, hey. I'm I'm gonna try to get a pair of those Yeezy Air Maxes for me and you, and I was like, yeah, for sure. He goes, I, but I need the money because I don't have any money, and I was just like, all right. So I sent him the money. He gets two pairs, and he got his pair, and he's like, all right, I just gotta save up some money to send you your pair. I was just like, I was like, dude, I will send you the money. Just send me my pair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden, the girl that was he was seeing, um, they like break up. And he leaves my pair of shoes in her house. Oh, what? And, <laughs> and, and then she sends me a message because we all were friends at, at one point. She sends me a message. She's just like, hey, just give me your address. I'll send you your shoes. Till this day, never gotten these shoes. Oh. <laughs> and I don't talk to her anymore. So and they definitely don't they're talk they're to pretty, each other. They're pretty rare. I mean, like, I've actually screwed these ones up. I totally, like, Hooked up the toe on them. I mm-hmm. didn't. I was moving some weirdest thing. Sounds so Canadian, but I was chopping wood one day, <laughs> moving a wood pile, and I for, I just simply forgot what shoes I was wearing. Oh man! And I looked down. The whole front of the toes are just stained up and done. I'm like, <laughs> and they're pretty rare, right? Like I mean, like not many people even know that there was that Yeezy thing happened, right? With yeah. Me. I mean that yeah. whole that whole thing. I mean, I mean, I think that whole thing was definitely definitely just like that colorway just ended up taking off and skyrocketing. Everybody was just like, oh, once they saw the the the, the Yeezy twos come out in that colorway and that black glow in the dark. I call it glow in the dark and infrared. And then they made the Roshis and the Roshis just started going like crazy. Um, people wanted like five hundred dollars for a pair of those Roshis. I was just like, "This is ridiculous. That's an yeah, ugly these, shoe." These, I haven't seen them go for like too expensive. I think yeah. maybe like three hundred tops if they're brand new. Yeah, exactly. But like, I, I paid, paid one fifty for these in mm-hmm. LA, and they were like secondhand, but like looked brand new. Yeah, and I think it was just like after he left, they, they just everybody just ran with it. Like now, that's the easy colorway. Everything that Nike puts out in that specific black glow in the right. dark and infrared is now easy colorway. 
it is a dope colorway. <laughs> you gotta you gotta uh, make a a piece in that colorway. Let's see that happen. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's so funny because like I think a lot of like the like I was gonna say fans of my art, but that sounds so pretentious. I think a lot of the people that follow my art and like my art are just not really sneaker people. Because mm-hmm. I, I did mean, a collab, I did a collab with Freehand Profit, mm-hmm. right? And did like a really cool piece together. Yeah. And it just didn't really get any traction at all. I think I definitely think I don't think people know about Freehand. And like I've seen it. The only the only we only wave I seen it is like through Instagram ads. Right. Well, it's it's a shame because like he's an amazing artist. Like mm-hmm. his masks that he makes out of stuff. Like my friend got the um he sent him two pairs of cores. The is it the Jordan Four? Fours, yeah. Yeah. And um had him make a cause mask mm-hmm. out of them. It's, it's amazing. I didn't I didn't have that much it cost, I'd imagine. I mean the shoes were two thousand dollars a pair, so <laughs> yeah. He's already four he's already four grand in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Before he even makes the mask, I'd imagine the mask was close to ten grand. Mm-hmm. Did free? Did he make those masks? Where was he the one that made the mask that, that they turned into gas mask? Like he made the gas yeah, mask back in the like, day. He's got a three D printer, so like he'll like make like kind of fake gas mask uh-huh. pieces like that. Actually, my print that I did with him is like one of the gas masks that he made on one of my characters, kind of thing. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna have to, so I mean, it's, I'm have to look really that up. Piece. Yeah, I've got some left if you're ever interested. But, uh, he's wearing like, you know, he's wearing Air Force Ones and stuff. It's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, it just, and he was surprised too. So I don't, I've had this with my art before, like where I just don't always exactly know what scene I actually fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done hip hop videos with my art and stuff like that and t-shirts for hip hop artists. But I've also done just as much stuff for like metal people and punk people. You know what I mean? So it's like, I always feel so like in limbo with what scene my art fits into and maybe it just fits into everything. I don't know. But uh, yeah, with the sneaker thing, I thought like, yeah, for sure. This, I thought freehand profit, like most of the people that follow me, had no idea what he is or why it would be important that he made a mask out of Nike. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they didn't care. Well, I mean, he definitely made a a run during the er, like early 2000s or something like that. And he was always on hypebeast.com. So like right. he everything he put out was always featured on hypebeast.com and then eventually they just stopped posting his stuff. Right. So like yeah. he and fall like he fell out of favor, I guess, or something like that. But who knows, right? Yeah. And then, so there's that. And then on top of that, there's just I think a lot of like the people that follow me just don't just don't care about sneakers, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, you are who you are. I don't think you should uh dictate your your taste off of your fans necessarily, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, I, I think would make another, I would make another piece of art with art with him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I, I just love what he does. So yeah, exactly. Collaborations is definitely really cool. Like, even if it's like two people in two different worlds, just meeting together, I always find like, yeah, like if you just see it and it connects with you, you're going to want it immediately. And yeah. that's how I am with sneakers as well too. So. Yeah. I've, I've got, I've got some grailed sneakers that like I haven't managed to get yet. And mm-hmm. I have some weird ones where I'm like, it's stuff that I want just based on the art of them. Oh, tell me about those then. I really love, I think it's uh, the triple S, the Balenciagas, mm-hmm. the weird like wedge back kind of weirdest, ugliest shoe you've ever seen. Yeah. I would buy a pair tomorrow <laughs> and never wear them. I mean, those are crazy. Those are like they're like similar to the. I mean, not similar. The the one that comes up to mind is the. Um, damn it! Then I freaking blanked right there. What is it? Uh, is it a cold wall? They have that like Air Max that has a big like thing on the back end of it. Right. Yeah. The APC yeah. one, whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's a cold wall. Cold wall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, I like those. I think those like I think those Balenciagas are like. I think they're amazing. I mean, maybe I'm just in denial. Maybe I would wear them, but I, I just like, I just think like from an artist and like a person that studied art and design, graphic mm-hmm. design and fine art. When I look at those, I'm like, yeah, that's art. Like they are ugly. Like they're the worst looking shoe in the world in some ways. But in, in that ugliness, I just find there's like this really cool art to them. Um, another one that I really want, which I actually like the look of, is the Fear of Gods, the high top. Yeah, I fucking love that shoe, man. Those uh, those uh, those piqued my interest, and it's it's definitely because of the shape. It's a brand new shape, 
Like nobody's yeah. no nobody's done something like that. Like I like the I wait, are we talking about the Nike ones or are we talking about the fear of God like actual brand? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ones that look like they're up to the Back to the Future too. Yeah, right? exactly. And then they look like like uh, socks, like running socks, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought I thought they were very interesting. I didn't I didn't get behind it because of the price. They all dropped at like two fifty five hundred around that range. Well, they're twelve hundred dollars on gold right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he left he left Nike, and now he's an Adidas boy. So. Oh, it, really? Yeah. He recently left Nike because they weren't letting him do what he wanted to do, which sounds crazy. But, uh, oh. you know, they they were just like Adidas was just like, here, here's a lot of money. And now he's on uh, Adidas and he's probably going to make more crazy formed shoes like Kanye because they gave Kanye free reign uh, of a factory, basically. So he's going to yeah, get that chance. So cool looking. Again, I would never like go out of my way to buy them some of them like the like the weird clogs and like the stuff like that i'm just yeah, like the the, 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 sh- the shoes made out of algae yeah <laughs> crazy but like also like how can we move into the future if we just keep buying the retro the same yeah exactly like i mean like I, again i don't think i'd ever wear a pair but would i like a pair on the shelf just to like look at them yeah sure of course you, you know what i mean because there is still an art to it this mm-hmm. even when they you know, like when you go back to like Nike and like Adidas and stuff and like how they like design all those first shoes, there was an art to that. There's always an art to it. It's not just like they get thrown together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's that? Tinker Hatfield, mm-hmm. right? Like is the, the Nike guy, right? The main um, Jordan designer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. There's there's so many shoes out there. I like a lot of the, I like the, like the classic Gucci, Paul, that's S, Paul Smith, Stan Smith, look, Stan Smith. Stan Smith. Stan Smith. Mm-hmm. I love that shoe. Just because it's the, bougie. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's the the uh well here the well I call it the hipster the hipster basics. Like you just right. gotta if you're a basic hipster, you, that's the first shoe that you buy to have. Dollars spare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can get a vegan. You can get the vegan version for like fifty bucks, and it'll still look the same. And then you complete the look. You just gotta be vegan. You gotta right. be like you that's know. Right. Is wear right. a hemp sweater and like <laughs> some vegan Stan Smiths. <laughs> I do like actually I do like the Gucci runner as well. Like I, I was at a wedding a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and the and a guy that I know now, he's a good guy. He's just like buys a lot of Gucci stuff and uh he's not like a front or anything. Like he's just like a really he's actually a really interesting guy. He's mm-hmm. like probably makes a lot less money than me, but he just got obsessed with fashion mm-hmm. and he saves up all year walks everywhere or takes the bus lives as simple as possible just so he can go to like vancouver once a year and he goes to the gucci store and he buys himself he treats himself to something that's that's commitment right there man and like honestly dude he's taken a few years to collect pieces but he really looks after them he really respects them he's not like me like i'm a bit of a chunky dude but like he's like a tall skinny guy so that clothing looks good on him you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's kind of meant for a dude like that he's got like long hair he looks the part right really cool guy and he had a pair of them on i can't remember what they're called right now but the ones that have like the big side prints and stuff like that and they're like they look like a dad shoe basically like a running shoe yeah they look like uh um uh monarchs they look like chunky totally. monarchs totally mm-hmm. yeah so he had a pair of those on and i was like well they didn't look as bad in real life as i thought they would you know what i mean and then it's like i wonder if that's what would happen if i got those balenciagas i'd be like oh they're not that bad just start putting them on i mean i find it interesting that you are you you like the shoes that are outside the box right and you look at them and you're like these this is art like this is art they're taking chances this is art um what continues to make you cop sneakers that are still the same model that everybody else wears then well okay so like as i said like mainly air like it's mainly air max ones Mm -hmm. it's just ways at this point mm. materials and colorways my daughter had a pair made for me for christmas yeah paid with her own money dude she works at a grocery store dude i cried i cry i'm about to cry right now man <laughs> she's 16 years old man she's making her own money and she bought them and we both know like when you get nike ids like they're not cheap man no like, they're not yeah old kid dude like i think canadian they work out like 300 bucks after ship Jeez, yeah the so, shipping's got to be crazy because Customs is going through China. And I'm on an island. And, oh, and you're on an island. Oh, my so, goodness. So, like, I got extra shipping. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, she had them made. They're a really cool, dope colorway. I'll send you a picture later. Mm-hmm. And on the back of the heels, she got 
Papa wrote, dude, like waterfall. Yeah, like, I would have been crying, man. Because <laughs> yeah, I've had so some cute. shoes made for her and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So she, she wanted to return the favor, I think. And now that she's making her own money and stuff, I was just like, damn, that's so that cool. is so cool. So like, yeah, so for the MX ones, for me, it's just mainly materials and um, stuff like that. I like sort of like bougie stuff. I've got some other stuff here. I know people can't see it because we're just talking. Mm -hmm. But um, this company I'm all about is human recreation Mm -hmm. services, uh, recreational services. So I like kind of like bougie stuff for dressing up as well. These are nice. Made in Italy. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know? That crocodile? Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> those weren't those weren't cheap, but they're uh I'm pretty stoked on them. Yeah. So uh I like stuff like that too. But like I mean mainly it's the Air Max ones that I collect. I got a pair of new balances recently off of end. I won like an auction for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can't remember which model they are, but they were made in England. Really cool colorway, you know? That's dope. Uh, I, I think like I mean, well, a runner is always, I feel like it's definitely you. I, for me, it's, you have to have a couple like Air Maxes or Air Max 95s, you know, like, mm-hmm. because those are, those are shoes there are, I feel like they're very dependable. Um, Cause like you can turn to them for comfort and then you can also just like kind of trash them and they still look good. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm going to, there's a few that are like kind of just gathering a little bit of dust. Yeah. Now. Don't keep them in like nice boxes or anything like that. They just sit around. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not like one of those guys, and I don't care if that's what people do either. So I think I'm gonna. That's me. I keep them in boxes. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give a bunch of people to. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna give a bunch of pairs to homeless people. Oh, there's a lot of like homeless issue in our little town and mm-hmm. the island in So like, I figured like some of them, man. Like I haven't like touched them in months and months and months, right? So it's. I think just pass them on. Let somebody else get some use out of them. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna actually downsize my collection if anything. And just have like really specific pieces that are like, you know, nice and like what I really, really, really want. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, because yeah, like I, I saw the other day, like we've got the dry event that comes out of the house and I'd also be doing some, doing some yard work and I've got a pair of Air Max ones sitting below the dry event outside and they're just covered in lint. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, it's not because I'm like, oh, I'm loaded or anything. It's just <laughs> like, I'll forget about it. Yeah, you I'm forget like, about it. Yeah. Green is all over the place sometimes. So, so I'm like, well, if they're sitting there just in the cold, covered in lint, man, like some dude will fucking wear these, like, mm-hmm. you know, keep his feet warm at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Um, I know you mentioned to me that you definitely customize shoes. So how about you? Yeah. let's let's talk about like what are what are what have you done to some some pairs? Um, well, just painted mainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just do the whole like Angelus paint mm-hmm. on like um what are they called air force ones white air force ones mm-hmm. i tried it a couple of times sold them but it was hard to sell them so like i just kind of shied from it to be honest i felt like everybody was kind of doing it it was a saturated market in a sense and for the price that i'd want for them because like i have an hour i just have an hourly rate right you know how like people are like oh how much is this gonna cost i'm just like well it's this minimum charge and then this much money in an hour past that kind of thing right mm-hmm. that's just how like this painting I'm doing, I'm doing right now like all that sort of stuff it's just hourly rate right so I, I'd start I mean like fuck man I was like taping a pair of Air Force Ones it took me half a day jeez just to get, just to get the tape right yeah I wanted to airbrush them and so I was just like I gotta charge at least like $500 a pair mm-hmm. and then it was that was like pulling teeth a little bit I had like actual solid gold lace locks made for them that said lurk uh-huh so those ones went up to 700 yeah <laughs> and like i sold them but it's it, it's a lot a lot harder than it's a lot more work a lot harder than just like doing a painting you know what i mean right yeah so and it's I also not a malleable like canvas as opposed to just like oh. an actual just straight you know, straight line canvas. You have to like go around the shoes, the crevices. You gotta, you gotta pull. You know, yeah, the different different textures too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why yeah. I tried to stick with like the white leather Air Force Ones kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of most people's go to shoe for painting. Yeah, um, I did have something set up. There's a guy 
out of um, Tasmania, who's become quite famous now. He did like shoes for Kevin Hart. He's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He makes shoes from like bespoke, right? So he just does right. from the sole up. And his name actually, he'd be a good person for you to talk to. I mean, I'd love he, to. I've talked to anybody. Yeah, he's um, his bring your daughter on here. Let's talk about how she how she. Yeah, <laughs> his name's his name's Chase. I'll uh-huh. I'll put you in contact with him. Um, he's crazy. So him and one of my coworkers, my coworker used to live in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. They started just making shoes together, and then he had like a little bit of a storefront going on, and Nike caught wind of it and sent him like a cease and desist. Yeah, but they realized that he was getting so good at making the shoes that now they actually, he can just buy souls from them direct. Mm-hmm. Pretty dope, right? And I think that's super dope. People, yeah. Like shoe surgeon and stuff like that, right? So like it went from him like almost getting sued by them to like, you know, he's like, now he contacts me and he gets souls and stuff. But anyway, he wanted to make a pair of shoes with me. And he sent me some, um, I don't have it here anymore, but he sent me some Python leather. Wow. Yeah, and he got it like illegally. It came out of like Africa or something. Oh like no! That. Oh no! <laughs> it's like it got. It was like allegedly, allegedly. Shoes. Don't want to get. It. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck, I don't care what you're do. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. So he said to me, and I guess it had been treated with something, mm-hmm. and um, I went to paint it, and the paint just wouldn't stick to it. Ah. So, and they, these were long. I went about these things were fucking nine feet long, dude. Like mm-hmm. you. Couldn't hardly fit them in my studio when I unrolled them. They're only this wide, mm-hmm. super long. So I was going to paint characters on it, send them the leather back, and then he was going to make shoes out. Oh of it. man, that would have been sick. I know, dude. And it just, <laughs> just didn't. It just didn't happen. And in lots of ways, like I'm glad it didn't because, like, to, to be honest, like when I put the first coat on on the leather, mm-hmm. I could tell it wasn't sticking properly. Like it wasn't curing kind right. of thing. But as soon as I did that, the scales started lifting as well. And I was like, this is going to be a pain in the ass to paint. Yeah. You'd have to repaint probably like 600 times probably just to even get it to stick. You'll never get a a good line and stuff. It'll always look a bit off, right? So anyway, that didn't happen. But it would be nice to do a shoe with him one day. Like like I said, like he just did shoes with Kevin Hart, dude. Like his, his shoes are fucking dope. And he's super down to earth, like super nice kid. He's pretty young, like he's not. He's not my age. He's like mm-hmm. he's probably maybe maybe only thirty, maybe. Um, and he's killing it, dude. Like, like so. Maybe I'll get you in contact with that guy. Anyway, oh, yeah, so. I would love to talk to him. That's like having that experience because I remember when uh, they like like they they do that bespoke program at uh, Twenty One Mercer here, which is right. like their uh, the Nike extension that's here that they. They like, hey, there's a shop owned by somebody and then they like collabed with Nike to open it up. And then uh, they had a bespoke program there and you can you pay like a thousand dollars. I think it was a thousand dollars and you could build right. the shoe. They have the, the the model and everything. You could build the shoe from the ground up in their in their like in their basement. And yeah. it was crazy. Like but they just recently defunct it. So now there is no, like there you can't even get bespoke shoes anymore. But I remember people telling me that. Yo, I'm going to save up a couple thousand just to make sure I can, you know, get this. And, and like, it's all high premium leather. And I'm just like, this is just crazy. I mean, it's it's cool, but there's like a sad part of that as well. And the sad part of that is like, yeah, you just built that shoe and somebody else just gets paid like 10 cents to build. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, and, I, and I think I've been leaning a little bit more towards that way of thinking. Like I'm starting to like get things that are like more made in Italy, mm-hmm. Portugal. You know, stuff like that, like where it's just made, they're made really well. You might pay a little bit more, but I'm starting to like, it's almost like the Etnies things happening to me again, where I'm getting a little bit more conscious of where these shoes are coming from Mm -hmm. and what they're about. Whereas I know like if you buy that, say, Gucci shoe, I've spoke to people that know people that work there. Like, and they're like, no, those people are tread very well. It's all like union and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They're paid really well. There's nobody getting ripped off kind of thing. It's made insanely well. Like, for instance, I have a Gucci hat that I got from um, Grailed. They told me it was a fucking large. It wasn't a large. It was like a kid's large. It wouldn't even go in my dome, dude. Jesus. It's like, and then when I tried to send it back, they just sent me a message back laughing at me. I was like, oh, fuck you. Wow. It was like a $400 hat, dude. So anyway, I don't want to do with it because it doesn't fucking fit me. It doesn't fit my wife and it doesn't fit my kid either. It's for like a baby, basically. Jesus. Anyway, so I was going to send it to a friend and she was going to make a mask for it. So I was like, well, you know what? I can get a mask made for COVID kind of thing. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. And she's a seamstress. 
<clears throat> he didn't want to touch it because she said that thing was made so fucking well uh-huh. that she just didn't even want to like break any part of it because she's i'm like no don't worry about it. i'm not gonna do anything else. no i just want to touch it i'm she was so scared to open it up and start looking at it because she was like she's like you gotta understand like she's like i'm looking at this she's like i'm a, I'm a seamstress she's like there is not one stitch out of place on this whole hat and i was like damn that's crazy and that's what you're paying for because yeah. you can get that jordan in the crazy colorway fucking thing's a piece of shit it's gonna fall apart mm-hmm you know what I mean? But like when you start getting into that other sort of level of things, I don't know, man, like from my experience so far, like I own, I don't buy Gucci brand new. I buy secondhand Gucci stuff and I don't buy it very often, maybe mm-hmm. once a year. But uh, the quality is insane. I mean, you're selling me on Gucci's. Everybody that has come on here has been selling me on expensive stuff, man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like there's a, and that's what I'm saying. Like save up for the one or two t-shirts mm-hmm. instead of buying 20 shitty ones. You know what I mean? Where like the people that made those, maybe like, yeah, it does help out their economy in a sense, but like they're not getting paid well. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Even the skateboard industry, man, like they're not paying people well, dude. Like, you know, I make that shoe for Etnies. You'd think I thought I was going to get a down payment on a house. Barely got a down payment on a meal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just think like there's better ways to do things. And like, I don't think it's for everybody. And I understand you know, I mean, like I'm saying, like I'm not balling, dude. I don't make millions of dollars or anything. I just save up right. or I buy stuff secondhand. You know what I mean? Just try to be more conscious of that stuff. Saying that when that new, you know, Air Max drops, probably gonna buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what color it is? What color it is, man? It's a good color. I'm getting it. You know what you should do is you should hit up your boy, the one that you're gonna put me in contact with. Tell him see if he can get. Uh, Air Max bottom, and then you just do a super high quality Air Max. Yeah, I'd have to figure out how to do all that shit though. I mean, you just tell him, you'd be like, hey, I want these to be super high quality. (laughs) Oh, you mean get him to do it? Yeah, yeah. They're like four grand though. Hey, you said save up, be more conscious about (laughs) it. I put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I want you to come back on here and you'd be like, you know what? That pair of Air Maxes, I got them. Full leather, head to toe, even the laces. I I put some gloves on. One second, one second. There's like a couple of security guards behind me opening the box. (laughs) And you got like you you got like a light come down as you is it the unveiling? (laughs) <laughs> unveiling of Judge the lurk ones to look, man. <laughs> i mean that'll be crazy if you could do that that'll be crazy because be you know crazy. or you can pull ah, i mean i i don't know i never really got into gucci and i also you're you're making a great point because you're saying that high fashion or you know high fashion takes more uh, time to be put together. That's why it's all it's all well made, and like they actually instead of a factory in in China doing it for for Nike, and then just you they, these people are getting paid poorly, so the work is going to be done poorly. Um, yeah, or more, um, it's not even like poorly. I mean, like I think that's unfair to the, to the people that are making them wherever it's made. I think just like you can only make it to the level that that company wants you to. Right. Exactly. And in, in the terms of speed, because like I've always oh. said, and you know, you know, you've heard this and while you've studied graphic design, you, you can only you out of three things, right? I think it's three things, quality time, quality time. And what's the third one? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard. Oh never my heard God. Uh, quality time and money. You can only use two out of the three in anything right. that you do. You, uh, one is going to suffer out of the three, so you can only use oh. two out of the three. So if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, spend more money, you're gonna get better quality, but it's gonna take it's gonna take more time. If you oh. want it done fast, you gotta you gotta uh, if you want it done fast, it's gonna be less qu- less in quality, uh, and then you save money. So like you know the 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 in in a Venn diagram, that's the only way you can try to get it to work. Um, and, and so, it's, it's yeah. Right. And the thing is, like, I mean, I'm talking about Gucci, and again, I've got to like stress that, like, I'm not coming on here trying to be like acting like a baller. Like, I'm buying this stuff mainly second. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife got me a Gucci wallet for Christmas. Again, I cried because she doesn't make great money, but she, again, she saved up. And like, Gucci wallet isn't. I'm not going to say the price, but you can go online and you can see how much your wallet is. Right. 
was amazed that you did that. You know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. going to cherish that wallet. Even if that wallet wasn't a designer, like, which I do love it, I would still just cherish it, right? And I'll keep it for us until that fucking wallet, like, wears the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do a little bit more. And what I was going to say, it doesn't have to be Gucci level. There's, there's mid-levels in there. Like, you know what I mean? There's other companies in Italy that are making stuff that are making in the same sort of factories that aren't costing like $600 a t-shirt. Maybe it's $200. Or like stuff like what I'm wearing right now, the Comme de Gasson Play, mm-hmm. made in Japan. I mean, it's still not cheap, but I think in US, you can probably get it for like $100 a t-shirt. Right, yeah. And the quality of these, I've got like four or five of these t-shirts. They're amazing. Like, I know. I've always wanted one, but they don't come in my size, so. Oh, they really? Like, what size in the US do you wear? Uh, around XL, XL, uh, yeah, XL. So Japanese XL is not uh, American XL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the same as me, dude. You just yeah. Get double XL. Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. Like every time I try to go buy one of these, they're never. There's never. I've never been able to get a pair. I'd get a a, a, oh, yeah. a, a get double, double XL and double XL in them. You definitely can. Yeah. That's what all of mine are. I'm so, trying to get, I'm trying to get one. I need one. Yeah. And this, so keep an eye on these as well, because they have done runs where they will be made somewhere else. Mm. So you can get the Japanese ones, which the quality again is like super high. Um, but yeah, that you, you got to check the label before you buy it kind of thing. Cause there, sometimes you'll get one a bit cheaper and you'd be why. And it's because it's being made somewhere else. It's probably production issues due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so hey, this is interesting talking about Condescent. Yeah. Is um, down from my, because I have a tattoo studio as well as doing all the painting and stuff like that. I own a mm-hmm. tattoo studio. So down from my business, that, or the other business that I own, there's um, a little Japanese restaurant there. So I go in there wearing this. And obviously, it's a Japanese brand, right? So they're all pretty stoked on it. They're pretty young people that work there. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. And in their broken English, they're explaining to me that in Japan, People will come along on the street sometimes with like almost like a hot dog cart mm-hmm. and it'll be full of Comme de Gasson play t-shirts. What? In different colors. And people will just run up to it, buy a bunch and then leave. And it's just like empty it kind of thing. What? Yeah. I thought it was the coolest that thing. That sounds man. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We need more of those over here. Getting, I know that's getting a little bit off sneakers. But yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. an everything podcast. I like to talk about uh, sneakers to start off and then. You know, it's just about you and like, you know, sneakers in your life. And obviously sneakers played a, a part in your life. And, and I, I always thought that it's a good through line. But as we end to the towards the end of the podcast, I would like to know what does the thrill of the hunt mean for you? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely discovered that it's definitely more about the buy mm-hmm. than the receive. So many times I'll get like that new balance pair that I was talking about. I've never, I, I haven't actually, I've had them three, four weeks. I haven't even put them on my feet yet. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what it is. I do like the collect part. I do like the, like, I don't know whether it's a little bit of an online shopping addiction, <laughs> but it's like, I do like the, like, oh, there's that color. I found it. I hunted it down. This is the one. And then sometimes when I get it, it's a little bit like anticlimactic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's all about. And you might find that happens with a lot of people. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think the thrill of the hunt for me is just the, the searching out on the internet is the biggest thrill. For me. Like finding that one that I couldn't quite get at this one place, up, but I found it here. Maybe it's even a bit cheaper. That's mm-hmm. my thing. Hey, and I get it. I'm like, I'm stoked on it. I'm going to wear them. But like, it's not the biggest part of it. for me. No. Yeah, I totally get that. I've always, I mean, impulse buys are part of life at this point so (laughs) but i mean i totally relate to that and i i mean recently i i i bought a pair of uptowns uh, or air force ones um off of macari and as soon as i hit checkout i was just like no i didn't want these so (laughs) and i got them today but you know the upside i have to look at the upside of it is that um it came with three pairs of socks in it because the guy forgot to took out his his socks inside there so i just gotta wash them and i got three pairs of socks (laughs) 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 so russ tell everybody where they can find you man yeah i mean if you guys are using instagram like i think most people are in the world it's lurk loves you I'm also on the new app Choice, 
uh, which is going to be the next biggest thing in my opinion. And don't worry, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. They just seem like nice people. As Lurk loves you as well. So that's Choice app as Lurk loves you or Instagram as Lurk loves you. What's a Choice about? Choice is more like an online magazine, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's like, so they're going to like invite, say, like artists like myself who can submit work to it. Mm-hmm. But then say like you join, they might not, you might not get those privileges, but you'll be able to look at the magazine. Mm, okay. It's okay. free, no advertising. And I like it. It's got like a swipe left, swipe right for your choices of things that you like. So it's got a little bit of a date nap feel in a sense. Yeah. But a picture will come up. If you don't really want to see pictures like that, you swipe left. If you want to see more of that, you swipe right. And they'll have little bios on the people and stuff like that. I've been talking to the guys that developed the app. Like one guy, he's an app developer. Seems like a super nice guy. The other guy's a good dude like me. He does the same sort of painting. He used to go to art shows all the time in SF, and he just really wanted to like have that art show feel in an app. Uh, that's called Choice. So like, I'm on there as Lurk Loves You. It's going to be launching fully in the next couple of weeks. It's You can kind of get on there right now. And yeah, Instagram, and then that's about it. I don't really like to get con- – like, I have Facebook, man, but who the fuck uses that anymore? No, know? yeah. Give your number out, though. No, just play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, it was a pleasure having you on and great conversation. Uh, hopefully we you get those that pair of custom bespoke Air, uh, Air Maxes and then you come back it. on. I'm going to send you this guy's profile and you're going to be pushing me even harder when you see how good he is. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, but you know what I say at the end of every episode for everybody out there, wear your kicks. Peace. Okay, peace.